Well, as you know, over the past few months, we've been looking not just at financial planning and pensions, but we're kind of digging down a bit in more in depth. And at which point can your accountant need to hand you over to a, a special advisor? We've been talking with Sarah Tucker from CKLG Accountants and to Paul Ory from MM Wealth. And they join me back on the line again today because we're going to dig deeper and deeper. But Happy New Year to you both before we even start. Happy New Year, Neil. I guess we don't really say we don't really say it until we say Happy New Tax Year, do we? In, in, in this world, but never mind. <laughs> that, that, that's my line, but we've got a few months to go yet. <laughs> exactly that. So what we thought we'd do uh, to start off 2024 is take an actual. We, we, we talk about so many of these things in ter- in very general terms, don't we? And we thought what we do this time is actually do a bit of a, a dive into a couple of case studies. And Paul, you've been doing some some case studies for us. You've knocked a couple together. So when people are thinking about pension provisions and 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 things like that give us a couple of examples of how people should approach this yeah very much so uh what we would do is give you an idea of two case studies so it puts a bit of context around the pension planning and you using pensions in retirement so the first example uh first case study is someone who's single in their late 20s they've just started a new job They've moved from a previous job where they got a small deferred workplace pension and they're going to be auto-enrolled into their new workplace pension scheme. And they're going to get the benefit then of 8% contributions going into the pension. That's 4% from the individual, 3% from the employer and 1% from HMRC. So that's the tax relief that goes in there. So it's 8% in total, which is 4% of it is in effect free money. Yeah. It's money that's, that's that's not yours, that's going into the scheme. And the idea is, is that you're auto-enrolled and you do have the facility to opt out, but most people keep in with the pension because that's what people want to do. And it works well. It's been running for many years now, the auto-enrollment system, and it, it provides people with a pension that they can build up. Um, the few things that we would say for someone who's who's going down that route is to firstly check the investment strategy and just see where you're going to be invested and just check that's what you wanted to do. Because if you're decades and decades away from retirement, you may not want to be taking a low level of risk. You might want to be taking some more risk in your earlier investment years and then reducing the risk as you approach retirement. The other thing as well, which is something we touched on before, is the expression of wishes, is looking at completing an expression of wishes on the pension so it ensures that it's going to who you want it to go to in the unfortunate event of an early death. So it just covers those points off. Um, we've raised this before as well and said, you know, you, you can do all this, You can join the workplace pension, you can put the money in. But the big question is, is it going to be enough? Mm. It probably isn't. Um, We know that there's shortfalls and it's it's how to bridge that shortfall. There's other things that can be done. Um, One's increasing the contributions. You put more money into the pension um, and you can pay bonuses into the pension if your employer will allow that. If you're fortunate enough to get a bonus, you may have uh, you know, an opportunity to put some or all of it into your pension and it will be a tax efficient way of doing that. Um, you can arrange a separate pension so you can put occasional payments in there. It doesn't have to be 
monthly, you can put ad hoc lump sums in, monthly premiums as you want. And again, any other pensions you've got, existing pensions, review the investment strategy of that as well, not just the new one, the old one, and check you've got the expression of wishes form there as well. And the other thing as well is not necessarily pensions, although you get a great amount of tax relief, then with the ISAs and lifetime ISAs, you don't get the tax relief from the contributions going in, but you're investing in a tax-free wrapper. With the lifetime ISAs, you do get the government bonus as well, right. which can give you quite an uplift. But there are restrictions with lifetime ISAs as to what you can use them for. So it's a first house purchase or uh, accessing it from age 60. In relation to the bonus, um, one of the things that could be done is to, as we said, pay it into the pension. I think Sarah said before about using salary sacrifice and the benefits of, of using that. Right. So, Sarah, let's come up on this. I mean, can I just quickly ask as well? You said they're about four percent and it and three percent and one percent. Are those figures variable? So, could I put in say five or six percent? Can I say, well, or is it no, no, no? It's four, and those are the numbers. You can't reduce. You can't increase. Those are the minimums. Right. So you can put in more, and some employers may well give you a better decide to put more in, and that's what can happen. But those are the minimums under right. the. Workplace pension rules, those are the minimums that must go in. But if you want to pay in more, then yes, you, you can do that. And generally, it's a very good idea to pay in more. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Build those pots up. And, you know, what seems, you know, we know we're in the middle of a you know cost of living crisis. It's hard. But just managing to earmark a little bit extra into the pension now will reap big rewards in your later years. Indeed, indeed. Sarah, do you want to come in on this at this point? Yes, yes. No, uh, thanks, Paul, for that. Just picking up on a, a couple of things that you mentioned from the tax perspective. Um, in terms of um, the tax relief that you'll get for your pension contributions when you become auto-enrolled by your new employer, and um, that's all dealt with by the employer. Um, so there's absolutely nothing for you to do. Um, but if once you've looked at your pension provision and you decide to want to set up your own pension scheme um, that sits alongside your employer scheme, um, if you then are paying tax at a um, higher rate at 40% or even additional rate, 45%, don't forget to claim the extra temp the extra tax relief through the completion of your tax return. Um, but certainly something Paul mentioned and we have raised before that if you can make your contributions via your employer, via salary sacrifice arrangements, then not only will you get tax relief, you'll get national insurance relief as well. Um, so why not do it? Now you you know you get your own employees national insurance tax relief and the employer will also get tax relief from their perspective as well and sometimes and um, they'll share that with you so it's even extra it's always Money worth talking to people isn't it pot. yeah yeah it's always worth it talking is, isn't yeah. it just 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 don't go and do it without talking to somebody because you know at the end of the day you want to not only do you need to look at what you need now potentially for the future and that's working with Paul and all the cash flow modeling but making sure your tax relief's right it's important it's money that the government are going to give you back 
Good stuff. We're talking pensions and we're talking provisions, but we're actually working through some real-life examples here this morning. We've got Sarah Tucker from CKLG Accountants and Paul Ory from MM Wealth on the line. We've just been talking about young people in their 20s there, Paul, but as we've said, with the cost of living, with the cost of mortgages, with the cost of housing, maybe people looking at their pension contributions later in life. Uh, where do we go from here? Yeah, we've thought of another example as well, which would... Uh demonstrate that well is a couple mid-40s. They're both directors of an owner-managed business. Uh, One's the main worker, the other helps out, does a few hours of admin a week. And they've built a few pension pots up over the years. What they're looking at doing is funding their pensions, but rather than doing it individually, through the business. And that way the business can pay the contributions. Uh, the maximum contributions of 60000 for this year, and you've also got carry forward, which can mean that there's up to 120000 under the carry forward rules. Um, it is a tax efficient way of withdrawing cash from the business. Uh, and the pensions, they can hold investments. And for a business, um, they, they can hold investments. They can also, as well, hold commercial property. Right. Now, commercial property won't work for everyone in a pension. But if you do have a business and the business owns something like a warehouse and you wanted to buy that warehouse through the pension, you could do that. And if you've got other pensions as well, you could then consolidate them into one pension so you've got a bigger pot and you can then go out. And let's say use half the pot to buy the pen, buy the property and then half the pot stays invested. So it just gives you that bit of extra flexibility. Also as well, which uh, I'm sure Sarah will cover off, there's a lot of tax benefits for a business in making pension contributions as well, not only for the business, but for the directors. Okay, Sarah, as you say, do you want to pick up on that? Uh, Yes. Um, When Paul um, refers to sort of owner-managed businesses, what we're sort of talking about is your um, typical maybe husband and wife um, situation that they're running a business. Maybe they've they've got the next generation involved as well. Um, And um, that company can make contributions um, on behalf of its director stroke employees and providing that Um, contribution, the amount of that pension contribution um, is wholly and exclusively for for the purpose of of the business, the company's trade, um, then it is deductible for for, for tax purposes. It's deductible for corporation tax purposes. And you have to be a little bit careful with um, those that work part time. Um, and what you're actually rewarding them in terms of a pension contribution um, is is, um, is is kind of does reflect on the work that they do. Um, so that's how what you do see with a lot of owner managed businesses is those that take a small salary and a large dividend because it's tax effective. Um, and normally your pension contributions are capped at your earnings. Right. But in this situation, it can be more if it can be justified because it's your company. Think of the company as you, it's an extension of you, um, and that's how it works. Um, just one point that Paul mentioned about the carry forwards, um, he's absolutely correct um, in that stating that we've got that increased annual allowance of 60,000 for this tax year and potentially 120,000 brought forward from the last three years that you could make, you could match with a contribution, but you have to knock off amounts already paid from that. So don't go out and suddenly put 180,000 into your pension. You do have to take into account 
amounts previously paid for you. Right. Okay. I mean, the, what, the thing that has struck me about both of these is, is it's so easy for people to just sort of try and get on with their day-to-day life and go, oh, yeah, I've got a pension, and sort of dismiss it as if it's a, a one-size-fits-all thing that everybody does, and it's sort of like, hopefully, at the end of your, when you get to the point where your working life wraps up, well, there should be some money there. But what I'm hearing from both of you is a bit of attention to this and there's really some potential to be to be clever, to maximise your tax efficiency and all of this, and to really build that pot for the future. Have I got that right? Yeah, very yes, much so. I think the, the two key points, I would say, is you know, cash flow modelling is having a look, see where it's going to, yeah, is there a shortfall? If so, how much is that shortfall? The sooner that shortfall is addressed, the easier it's going to be. And the other point I'd raise as well is, though we've said, yeah, it, it's tight at the moment, yeah, it's, it's difficult to sometimes put, you know, especially large amounts away. But even by putting small amounts away, it can be a good place to start. And in relation to investing at the moment, we've got 2024 is looking to be a very interesting year. We've got interest rates that we're expecting to see come down. We've got... Uh, a lot of elections across the world, 50% of the adult population are taking part in an election this year. So we're expecting to see quite a good uplift in the markets and uh, we're, we're expecting to see some positivity. So it could well be that if that money is available, put it into something like a pension now, speak to someone, get some advice, make sure it's going to be in the right place, doing the right thing, getting the right tax reliefs. And you could be something that you look back on and you say, yeah, that was the right thing to do. And you're very much uh, in the right place in retirement. Well, there you go. That means instead of making your New Year's resolution to go down the gym, make a financial health contribution to your life. And uh, do it that your, your your New Year's resolution is you're actually going to pay some attention to your, your pensions and speak to people like Sarah Tucker at CKLG Accountants, who can take you to one point and then on to Paul Laurie at MM Wealth, who can pick up from there. For now, both of you, thanks very much indeed for that. And we'll see you again next month. Cheers for now. Thank Thanks, you. Neil.